0: Welcome in to another week's edition of Just In Sports. I'm your host, Justin Reedman. I have a few things I want to talk about this week that's been, off my, been in my mind, so let's get to it. The New York Post put out an article this past week about a report about ESPN wanting to possibly shake up their radio lineup in the coming year. One of the biggest things mentioned was that the person who is in charge of advising ESPN radio might want to get the Dan Levitard show in the 10-to-1 spot off the air. The article is saying Levitard and his crew doesn't talk about sports enough. Whether this report is true or not, there has definitely been talk of ESPN wanting to move more towards a traditional news format and away from a non-traditional shows like The Levitard Show. I want to address the fact that ESPN is even thinking of cutting ties with Dan Levitard. Let's put aside for a minute that the show with Stu Gotts and their producers, who are affectionately known as The Shipping Container, is my personal favorite radio show on ESPN, and focus on the ratings. Since that's, what drives what's put, since that's what drives what puts on air. While I could find specific rating numbers myself, many in the industry say that the Levitar show is a top sports show on the radio. Its ratings had a 25% increase from September to October in 2019, so its popularity is growing, not decreasing most also believe that's at the top because it's not your typical sports debate show. According to the website The Big Lead, the show is popular because quote, during the summer months when most shows are scratching and clawing for topics, Dan Levitard and Steve Goss just let it fly. Nobody has any idea where the show is going on any given day, which I mean, that leads to the most entertaining, humorous, authentic discussions on the radio. That quote is so accurate. During the summer, there's no NFL. I mean, preseason doesn't start till late August. No NBA, aside from summer league. How long does that last? A few weeks. And it's not all the big names like LeBron James playing. It's all the rookies getting there practicing. There's no NHL. It's only baseball and WNBA mainly. And baseball is that sport that's the main sport that only gets attention. Anyway, Levitard and his crew have no problem finding random creative content to talk about or produce for their listeners any time of year. Whether it's Stu Gotts, his co-host, with his weekend observations, the stat of the day, or the funniest thing for the sports weekend. Or whether if it's one of their producers, Chris Cody, talking about proper etiquette, etiquette in the grocery store. Which let me let me talk about that one real quick. There is, trust me. During this past summer, this past summer, I worked in the produce department in one. And Chris talks about how you gotta touch and feel tomatoes. I mean, customers have their flaws before they shop and when they shop. So He's definitely right about that. There's always something to talk about on that show. The show is also interactive with its listeners, making ridiculously making ridiculous Twitter polls to vote on, which they announced the results on at the end of the show. One of yesterday's polls was: Do you feel bad for the broadcasters now scrambling to learn Korean baseball? This this uh, references the new Korean baseball league that Started up and is being aired on ESPN at 1 a.m. Since I believe Korea is 13 hours ahead from from the United States, and the results for that poll is 81, 87.1 percent of the audience said yes. I mean, stuff like that is just different from regular traditional news style sports shows. It is interesting or just funny to hear. It's not your average sports radio show where people sit there and just talk sports they don't have someone on the phone every minute at interviewing them and saying what do you think about this what do you think about think of, what do you think about Tom Brady going to Tampa they don't have you know Adam Schefter on they're unique i mean you could sure you can argue that the show doesn't always talk about sports but making comments about him never talking about sports is a false statement the show does it in its own special way. That's why people listen to the show. People like me. That's why I'm intrigued to it. There's a clip of Levitard's father, Poppy, that they play when people diss the show because they're expecting it to be a typical sports show. And the clip is of Poppy in his, in his uh, Cuban accent. He says, You don't get this show. They even have t shirts that say it. They embrace it. I have one myself. I had my sister get me for Hanukkah a Poppy t-shirt for the Levitar show that says, You don't get the show. Clearly, enough people get the show that ESPN should not consider replacing it. So, I've been also really looking at this topic as well. Because last week, top... NCAA basketball prospect Jalen Green this year um, made the decision to skip college and go to the NBA G League. Now, many are concerned that this decision will influence many other top recruits to skip college and go the NBA G League route for one year. I find this very interesting because I don't think that's going to impact college basketball as people think it will. I'm not going to moan and groan and fuss about it. I don't think one-and-dones win championships. When the one-and-done era began, there were one or two one-and-dones that came to one team. Then in 2010, when it, the era began to rise, John Kyle Perry of Kentucky put together the first team with three one-and-dones. Now, there are teams with four or five and duns, mostly at Kentucky and Duke, but the school, those list of schools are getting larger. That's a whole starting lineup right there of the top players in the country only staying one year. Let me get back to my argument, though, that one and duns don't win championships. In the era of one and duns, which I, I consider starting at 2010 because that's when the super teams, I call them, started, Only two teams have won, Kentucky in 2012 and Duke in 2015. So only two championships with strong teams with guys who are top talents in the country who end up getting drafted as NBA lottery picks. So why don't teams like this win championships? Well, I think it has to do with team chemistry and experience in the college game. A good test this upcoming year for whether this will be true is North Carolina Tar Heels down Chapel Hill. The next couple of seasons will be a big test. North Carolina this past year had two five-star players, but had a rough year. Yes, there were injuries, but this year before he had, but this year, Coach Roy Williams, the year before, had two and duns and ended up losing to five-seed Auburn as a one seed in the NCAA tournament in the Sweet 16 when the team was considered a possible Final Four favorite. However, just a couple of years before that, they went to the championship game two years in a row and won one of them. North Carolina had allegations for an academic scandal, which meant they had a hard time getting these big five-star recruits and ended up with players that were four stars and maybe one five-star player. And those guys stayed in school instead of going straight to the NBA after one year. And they weren't at the level, the top level, the one it, to be one and duns. This upcoming season, UNC is getting six big recruits, three who are top-20 recruits, are most likely going to be one-and-dones, and it'll be really interesting to see what coach Roy Williams can tackle the challenge of adjusting to the one-and-done style, and if all the new players can work together with the current players on the roster. It'll be really interesting to see if a coach who has been so successful building a system around players who are not ready for the NBA after one year can just can be just as successful with players who are talented enough to be a one-and-done. What's so special and, why I love, and what I love so much about Coach Williams is that he has a system for guys who stay at least three years to adjust to it. I personally like those kind of systems better. You get to know the players as a fan. The team has better chemistry. To close this out, John Calipari, who is known as the coach who started the one-and-dones, as I said, has the ultimate goal to prepare these players for the NBA not to win championships, which you would think would be the ultimate goal. So I guess whether the one-and-done era is a good thing depends on what what the coach's goal is. If you want to develop NBA players, then you probably feel the one-and-done era has been successful. But if the coach's goal is to win a college national championship, then maybe not. It's now that time of week again, which is the funniest thing in sports media. Drumroll, please. This past Saturday, ESPN 8, the Ocho was back. So for listeners who aren't familiar with the Ocho, their little slogan is, if you play it, we air it. So, I find the most randomest things on there, and they're so freaking entertaining. Cherry-spitting competitions. Putt-putt golf. Stone skipping. And some of my favorites, including dodge juggle and death diving. Now, stay with me here. I I know these sound ridiculous, but I'm going to talk about my two favorite events, dodge juggle and death diving. So, dodge juggle if you haven't guessed already, is a combination of dodgeball and juggling. So there's two teams, and they're lined up like they're playing dodgeball, and there's one guy juggling, and the goal is to knock the pin out of the juggler's hands, and that team wins. Now, I, I, it might sound a little cheesy, but I like some of the team names, and I'm going to tell you my favorite team name, four kids and a fat guy i mean what's not funny about that four kids and a fat guy does it get funnier than that my second favorite event is the death diving which takes place in norway where participants dive from 48 feet above actual that's the actual height they set it on air and when they dive they have to go in either two positions the tuck or shrimp. And it's amazing to watch these divers go because one, I I'll admit, I, I can never do I'm not even I'm not athletic and just to see these people do that is amazing. There's a 13-year-old boy doing the talking shrimp positions. And I was impressed. I was really happy to see ESPN eight the Ocho come back because usually it's it's just a one-time thing in the summer, typically July or August. And while trapped in quarantine, we need something different on air, not reruns of games, like I say. And it was something entertaining. It's something fun to watch with the family, and I enjoyed it. This wraps up another edition of Just In Sports. I'm your host, Justin Reeman Tune in next time.